This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. WVEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation, plus MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. Hi, I'm Susie On, in for Jen White, and this is Reset. My life and career has taken place in the city of Dallas. But the call to service and to rise is one that is heard across the nation. As any police officer will tell you, it's a call that crosses city lines and transcends state borders. That was David Brown, the former police chief of Dallas and the man Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced last week as her pick to lead the Chicago Police Department. Brown retired in 2016 after spending more than 30 years on the force in his native Dallas. He was praised by Mayor Lightfoot for his reform efforts and for persevering through professional and personal tragedies involving gun violence. With more on David Brown and the challenges he'll face in Chicago is WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Susie. Well, first of all, good to talk to you. Good um, to talk to you. So David Brown was one of three finalists nominated by the Chicago Police Board last week. What do we know about how the mayor came to this decision? Yeah, that's right. So the way the process works, the police board did, you know, they took applications, they interviewed some of the candidates, and then they picked three finalists. Uh, the other two besides Brown were Aurora Police Chief Kristen Zeman uh, of Aurora, Illinois, in the suburbs, and Chicago Police Deputy Chief Ernest Cato. So as far as how she came to that decision, you know, they announced those finalists last week, and then it was about 24 hours later that Brown was here in Chicago for a press conference announcing the choice. So there wasn't a lot of time between those finalists being announced and Lightfoot making this final pick, almost no time at all. Seems obvious that she was told about who the three finalists were before they were announced to the public, although I don't know exactly how much time she had or what sort of um, you know vetting she did before making this choice. Yeah, and she's being accused of subverting the selection process. What can you tell us about that? Well, I think that that is based on this timing where if you look at, I mean, there's just not, in 24 hours is not enough time to, you know, thoroughly look at three candidates and then pick one. Uh, however, I will say that I, I spoke with Gian Foreman, who's president of the Chicago Police Board, which, as I said, was doing the selection, you know, to give these three nominees. He said they got absolutely no push from Lightfoot, that she totally respected this process and let it play out the way it should. And that they, you know, they made these three final choices and that, you know, there was no subverting of the process. If you remember, I'm sure you do, that when uh, Rahm Emanuel, mm -hmm. former Mayor Emanuel, picked Eddie Johnson, he completely went around the process. He rejected all three candidates who were picked by the police board. Lightfoot was president of the police board mm -hmm. at the time. I think she was upset by that and burned by that and so um, made sure to respect the process this time around. I will also say as far as the timing there, 
I've heard from people on, uh, you know, in sort of different corners of, of policing in Chicago who all kind of agreed that Brown was just really kind of an obvious choice out of those three finalists, that, that he was head and shoulders above the rest. So how are rank-and-file officers responding to this announcement, given the fact that he's an outsider to CPD? There has been opposition in the past to outsiders, like when uh, former Superintendent McCarthy was came in, people were very opposed to having an outsider lead the department. So far, it seems like positive reactions from the rank-and-file here in Chicago. You know, the current president of the police union, the FOP, Kevin Graham, he was on WGN over the weekend and sort of said he was taking a wait-and-see approach to Brown. He did not come out and immediately blast having an outsider come in. John Catanzara, who's actually running for police board, or not police board, police union president mm-hmm. against Graham, he talked with uh, our colleague Chip Mitchell over the weekend and, and said he, he liked Brown, thought that he seemed like the best choice out of the three. Um, and I talked to one patrol officer last week who um, had a little bit of reservation about an outsider coming in, but also said he had heard really good things about Brown and that other people in his district were supportive. So there has not been the sort of, that I've seen, the sort of immediate a negative response from officers to, to having an outsider come in. Mm-hmm. Well, Mayor Lightfoot released a video called Meet David Brown on social media last night. Here's a clip of that. My parents were not police officers, nor were they fans of police officers. Texas, where I'm from, is the South, and so my parents grew up doing Jim Crow. When I came home and told my uh, parents that I wanted to be a police officer, my father tried to talk me out of it. Very disappointed that I wanted to join that profession because of the past history of how law enforcement mistreated people of color. I had to convince uh, them that the only way things change is we get involved and, and that I would make a difference. Patrick, what can you tell us about David Brown and his work in Dallas? Yeah, you know, I spent most of Friday actually going through uh, a memoir that he wrote. I went through the audio book uh, that he wrote uh, after retiring from Dallas about sort of his philosophy as a police op- as a police officer and police leader why he became a police officer, which he said he was inspired by the crack epidemic, actually. He saw homicide rates uh, spike among African-Americans in Dallas, and he wanted to do his part to try to prevent that violence. Um, From people I talked to in Dallas, you know, he's known as a really great communicator who was really devoted to community policing, you know, the idea of getting people on the ground involved in making decisions and getting people to really invest in their police department and solutions. I also heard that he was a you know big believer in police officer accountability. You know, he in his book he says I'm still trying to vet this number, but in his book he says he fired about 60 officers while he mm. was there, which would be way more than are fired on an, you know in a in any sort of 6-year span here in Chicago. I did hear from one activist who said he had a lot of good things to say about Brown, but he thought that he did not do enough to hold officers accountable for fatal shootings, that he didn't fire officers for for, uh, unjustified shootings, and that he thought that Brown didn't do enough to support sort of bringing charges against officers if if they had acted criminally. He pointed out that actually after Brown left, there were two, one of them was very high profile, but there were two instances where police officers were charged with crimes for shootings, uh, he said that that never happened under Brown. So uh, I think mostly I, I heard very positive things about his belief in, in community policing and accountability, but, you know, um, not everybody loved him in Dallas. Right. I mean, he's he's an interesting person, has a lot of um, different things in his past related to gun violence and his own family. Um, and then also in 2016, he gained national attention after a sniper killed five city officers in a downtown ambush attack. 
How did he handle that incident? In the immediate aftermath of that shooting, the way he handled it, and this is something that uh, listeners may remember, they located the sniper after the shooting, and, and it was actually Brown's direction that officers killed that sniper he was, he was holed up, killed that sniper by detonating an explosive that was carried by a remote-controlled robot. In his book, Brown talks about being torn by that. He knew that he was, you know, sort of circumventing judge and jury to make that decision. But, you know, he felt that this guy was was a danger and that he believed he was saving multi, many lives by, by taking this one life, by ordering the explosive to be detonated. And then sort of in the weeks and months that followed that incident, he gained national attention. He talked a lot about, you know, the right for people to protest. He did not sort of come out strongly against anyone protesting police violence, as, as you might expect following an incident like that. And he encouraged people who had problems with the police department to apply to become officers. Uh, he said that that was the way to make a change. And, and, there was, at least according to him, a big increase in applications to the police department after he started making that personal call out to people to, to apply to make changes in the department. So, Patrick, talk about some of the biggest challenges Brown will face once he takes over as the city's top cop here in Chicago. Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to be expected to try to bring down gun violence and have, have answers and strategies for dealing with high levels of gun violence here in Chicago. You know, he uh, will take over relatively soon, we expect, and then we'll be sort of immediately faced with, with making plans and preparing for the expected surge in summer violence when, when, when it gets warmer. At the same time, he's going to be in charge of implementing the federal consent decree. Uh, you know, this is the court-ordered police reforms that the city, mostly CPD, has to undertake in order to meet the priorities and, and the criteria of an agreement with the state. So he's going to need to be fighting violence while at the same time reforming the police department in a very specific way. You know, there's a monitor who's going to be checking to make sure that CPD is doing what they're required to do. But all of that is going to happen while he's also dealing with the coronavirus. You know, mm-hmm. police are one of the groups that are on the front front line of this. So um, he's going to be having to do a lot of things all at once in an incredibly large police department. You know, there's about 13,000 officers here. Dallas has about 3,500. So this is a, a much bigger force police department than he led when he was in Dallas. So there's going to be a lot for him to take on whenever he officially uh, assumes the role. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, he, he'll still need to be confirmed by the city council, which hasn't been meeting due to coronavirus concerns. So what are the next steps here? The next steps, the way this process is supposed to play out is that there would be a public safety committee hearing where Brown will be questioned by aldermen, and then those the aldermen in the committee would vote, and then that would go to the full city council to vote on whether or not to confirm him as police superintendent. But as you mentioned, they haven't been meeting because of, of the coronavirus, so really the next step is for the city council to figure out how they're going to do virtual meetings. They're supposed to do that this month. I, I know our colleague Claudia Morell has been trying to chase down how exactly this is going to work and where they're at in getting all that set up. Uh, at her press conference last week, uh, Mayor Lightfoot said she hoped that those votes and Brown's confirmation would, ha- would, would take place this month. So there's about three weeks left for the city to meet that deadline. Well, if confirmed, David Brown will replace interim police superintendent Charlie Beck, who took over for Eddie Johnson, who was fired in December. Talk about the significance of this moment for CPD and for the mayor. Well, it's important for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, 
Lightfoot, based on the things she said on the campaign trail, it was clear that Lightfoot was always going to pick a new superintendent early in her tenure as as mayor. That's always a huge choice for a mayor. You know, it determines the direction of the department. Uh, it's kind of extra important now because through Beck, the interim police superintendent, Lightfoot's been overhauling the structure of CPD. So Brown is going to be tasked with ushering ushering in major changes while still keeping things running smoothly. And finally, as you mentioned, you know, Johnson was fired. Uh, he was fired abruptly amid a drinking and driving scandal that we, we still don't know all the details of. And so this pick is, is somebody who's got to move the department forward in a number of ways and also help the department overcome that scandal from its last uh, its last leader. Well, and uh, really quickly, I just want to turn to police officers and and their work during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, We know that a Chicago police officer died in the line of duty. Uh, What can you tell us about that? Yeah, last week, Officer Marco DeFranco, who was was 50 years old and and a 21-year veteran of the department, died. He had COVID-19. He worked in a citywide narcotics unit. Uh, He had a wife and two kids. And uh, as of Friday... The department said about almost 90 officers had tested positive for COVID-19. I'm not sure where the number is today, but that, that was the number before the weekend. That's WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. For most reliable, up-to-date news and information about the COVID-19 pandemic in Chicago and beyond, tune in to 91.5 WBEZ or stream us at WBEZ.org. I'm Susie Ahn. Stay safe, and we'll catch you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.